Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Young Me Mayor. And I'm Brian Park. And I feel like I have like a, a little bit more um, bitchiness in my voice today. I'm, you know, I'm very, <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got the sass going. Uh, is it a seasonal thing or is it just a stroke of inspiration? You woke yeah. up this morning and you're like, I'm feeling like a, a boss bitch today. What is it? Is it Libra season? So yeah, that's not the right energy for that, is it? I don't, I don't know, know anything about season. astrology. Isn't it Mercury and retro? I feel like every day is Mercury <laughs> and retrograde. I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. Oh my God. But it's, you know, it, young me, I support it. It's, <laughs> I believe it's Libra season. So I should be more like, hey, welcome to Feeling Asian. I'm cheating on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that that um, is very in vogue right now. It's in the air. Cheating on people, yes. Cheating um, on people. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's cut the bullshit and get to our guest because we have such a mega giant celeb this week. I'm most excited in my entire podcasting career ever to interview this person. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no let's let, let's cut the bullshit your guest is a makeup mogul and a drag queen who has appeared on rupaul's drag race listeners give your ears for kimchi hello i feel like we Woo! need a better intro no no offense brian i want to say at listeners you may know our guest as a former contestant on RuPaul's Drag Race. Not only a former contestant, the first ever Korean-American contestant on RuPaul's <laughs> Drag Race. A TikTok sensation um, <laughs> known for their food food TikToks. Um, and makeup mogul. And a mogul. makeup mogul. Most, Kimchi. One of the most importantly. <laughs> <laughs> And Korean person kimchi. Kimchi. There we go. You see, I love this process. And like the opening. Wow. Thank you guys. Sorry, did Is I that make a first? It Getting two two separate openings. You guys are great, like hype people. <laughs> I feel like we're the opposite of hype people. We like bring the fucking vibes down. We're just like <laughs> we're gonna make it really awkward for you to start talking. No, not at all. Um, I'm very excited to be here because I'm actually a huge fan of you. Um, I like watch all your TikToks religiously, and your tweets actually um are always shared among me and my friends. Oh, uh, like you're hilarious! Oh my god! Like, thank you. I think the one that resonated with the most is you ever meet an Asian guy and you just know all his friends are white. <laughs> <laughs> that one's about Brian Park. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Brian's my muse. No. It is, very, it is very true though. And there's like that one tall white guy. That's also so true. The one tall I... white guy. Yeah, there's one tall white guy. What's the uh what's the tell though? How do you know an Asian guy has only white friends? Is just it just a vibe? vibe? It's just a vibe. I can pick up that vibe on Asian women. Like I know right away if they're boyfriend is just like white. a just some white dude who's just shops at banana republic <laughs> they're a dying breed it's a vibe <laughs> it's a vibe for sure but no young man i saw that tweet and i thought is that about me and then i'm then i had a follow-up thought am i a narcissist for thinking that this is about me <laughs> also you're not very good at spicy food are you 
Me? No, I can handle my spicy food. I'm offended that you would even ask me that as a Korean person. <laughs> they usually say like, oh, I'm not really good at spicy food. Like, they always have that one thing in common. Oh, they say that? <laughs> and you're like, okay, your friends are all white. Yeah. <laughs> no, Brian can eat spicy food, but he did say, he did tell me that as a kid, he didn't like kimchi. And I was like, what? I was appropriately roasted, okay? My family let me know. <laughs> yeah, I love it now, but I, for some reason, I just didn't like it. And all my Korean relatives were like, how wow. could you call yourself a Korean? You're a fucking disgrace. <laughs> I don't know what they do. like, I don't like kimchi or I don't like pickles. And I'm like, what is that there to love? Like, pickles are amazing. It cuts through, like, all the rich food. And yes. it's just like, I need it in my diet. Yeah. I like it. I see. I, I think it's kind of the fermentation of it. It's like coffee. Like when you're a kid, it's just a flavor profile that is too advanced. And I was just raised on fruit gushers and cornstarch. So mm -hmm. when I have anything that's actually good for the soul and nourishing, my body is like, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I get that. I, I feel like I had no choice but to like kimchi. Like I feel like that's the only thing my mom gave me and there's no other option. Well, Kimchi, we are very excited to have you on this podcast. And uh, if you're not familiar, up top, we like to ask each other how we're feeling. So, young me, you're up first, baby. How are you feeling? You know, I got to stay true to my emotions. Before we started recording, I told Brian something very sad that happened um, with my friend. But obviously, I'm not going to talk about it because it's not my business. It's like my fr something that happened to my friend, um, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I'm I'm really upset about it. But um, I'm fine, and I don't want to bring the vibes down. <laughs> but <laughs> so I'm, I don't want to you know talk about that because it's it's gonna bring the vibes down. But I was telling Brian I thought it was really funny that so something very traumatizing was happening to my friend, and. Mm. They're okay now, but something very traumatizing was happening to my friend, and I, I like, was just texting them all day, because I'm an annoying bitch, and I was just like, <laughs> I was just texting them all day about like, this like, it's, it's a very dumb issue that I ha had with just like, somebody that I'm like flirting with. And I was like, can you believe he said this? And then he said that. And just like texting my friend all day. And my friend wasn't responding because they were going through something traumatic. And I was just like, okay, you're right. I, I am annoying. I was just fully <laughs> spiraling by myself in this text chain. Like, you're right. I should get over it. <laughs> like, What is my problem? I'm sorry. I'm annoying you. And then like a few days later, my friend contacted me and like told me what was happening. And I was like... Yeah, this really puts everything into perspective. Like, I really should get a better handle. <laughs> Chaotic, like, emotions. Um, but I just, like, thought that was funny. Also, yeah, I just wanted to say that, you know, Kimchi, obviously, like, on this podcast, we're, like, very open about our emotions because, like, that's the whole point, you know? And, like, we try to, like, combat feeling embarrassed and stuff. Um, sorry. And so I always, you know, I always feel like sharing um when things go bad but also you know like i think it's important to say you know you don't always have to tell everybody what's happening but you can just say that like something fucked up is happening and i think it's important for me to like just say that instead of pretending that everything's okay you know um 
And also, you know, it's 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 funny. Like it's fucking traumatizing, <laughs> but it's fucking my poor friend who was just getting their f- phone blown up by my fucking nonsense all day. You know, <laughs> I I just think it's <laughs> funny. It is and pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, sorry, Kimchi, I couldn't hear you. I said it's okay not to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. I, that's like, I mean, that's why I wanted to say that. And, you know, I've been very open with everything that happens with me on this podcast. But, I, you know, I, I don't think I have the, I don't want to share anyone else's business. But, um, yeah. so I, I thought that in the, you know, the, the um, vein of this, why we do this, I would share. So I'm not feeling that great. But I'm going to be okay, I think. How are you feeling, <laughs> Brian? <laughs> um i'm feeling uh i'm excited but i'm also i'm feeling quite cultural very new york right now so later this (laughs) evening i'm going to uh to see the new york city ballet and i've never been before and i don't really know what to expect but i i feel like it's a very like cultural event and I called the information desk and I asked them, oh, what do you, what am I supposed to, what's like the dress code for this? And I've never been so condescended in my entire life. Oh my God. <laughs> the, the phone attendant was like, it's a ballet. <gasps> what do you think you would dress? <laughs> I was like, me. oh God. <laughs> you never did ballet. Like, how are you supposed to know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, uh, wow. yeah, but that's like, you know, in the vein, I, I know you're going through something heavy, young me, but, um, that's just been, <laughs> that literally happened like 25 minutes ago. So that's just what's going on. You know, I'm like excited to experience something new later this evening. I feel that, you know, most days it's, I have the routine of things and a lot of it's just work driven. So, um, I really like relish these moments where I get to experience something new and be excited about it. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, shit, what do I wear? Do I have to wear a suit? I feel so, uh, am I not an adult? <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like calling this a snooty person at the ballet and them being mean to me is probably the way more painful than whatever I'm going through. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but also, uh, there's no, if you're not like dressed, like how do you want you to, you know, they're not going to kick you out or whatever makes you comfortable, you know? I I yeah, always feel honestly, like they going could in sweats kick you would out. be a is a flex. I don't know. I feel the ballet is very like hoity-toity, snooty, and I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel. So, I always yeah. thought that they could kick you out. Like, don't they have like a dress code? Is that not true? Kimchi, what would you wear to the ballet? Um, maybe a nice little jacket and black pants and some like leather shoes or something. Like not a suit? Not a suit, no. No. Okay, Okay. a nice little jacket with some black black slacks, black shoes. There we go. Yeah. When you're coming through with the fashion advice. I love it. (laughs) But is is there anything someone could wear at a drag show that would get them kicked out? I mean, like, lots of drag shows are in, like, free spaces. So, you know, like, you're safe. But, um, there was this one time where it was right after, um, the um, same-sex marriage bill, like, didn't pass in Illinois. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone was, like, really, like, sad about it. And this bachelor party came in. Um, and during the entire drug show, they're like, I'm getting married. I'm getting married. 
and okay. oh, like read the room, you know? Yeah. So like the, then like the host called them out saying like, do you know what just happened in Illinois? <laughs> Were they married? Yeah. Get married, you know, but while we can't, you know, like good for you, right. but I'll read the room like you dumb bitch. <laughs> Dude, that's like zero like nunchi. <laughs> yeah. Were they wearing those like penis necklaces with like little gangly penises around them and and they stuff. always wear like a neon bob. Like I don't understand why they wear a neon bob one day. Do these things? Yeah, the bachelor. You know, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, bachelor. Yeah, why, why, why is that a thing? I don't know. Who know? Who I, understands I know. the heterosexuals really? Who, who among us? It's true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I also want to say, Brian. Just note. Just to note, you could not pay me enough to go to the ballet. I'm so sorry. I don't know what. Hey, it's all good. It's there's no way. <laughs> I'm being caught dead at the ballet. Yeah. No, it's it's normally something I wouldn't do, but uh, Solange Knowles is, like, producing, uh, like, the oh. score for one of the pieces, which piqued my interest significantly because mm-hmm. I love her music. Right. But if I didn't know Solange Knowles was, like, composing music for it, then I probably wouldn't go. You know, I actually, I have, like, a tremendous, like, respect for ballet dancers because I feel like, not many people go to ballet nowadays and it's such like mm. a niche thing and they spend yeah. their entire life for this career that is short-lived and they yeah. break their bodies and they spend so much money to go to school and to buy all these like shoes and like you know like teaching they right. spend money to be a yeah. working ballet for like such a short year and it's probably like the like i don't know just the asian and me seems like that's such like a least practical job but <laughs> <don't> follow <laughs> so my hats off to them yeah yeah no it's 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 very true it's very true it is a it's a lost and dying art form and but i think there's a beauty in that though because it's Mm -hmm. so pure like it's so niche and esoteric and it requires like a so much fucking sacrifice that in this day and age people still doing it i'm like respect yeah true artist (laughs) but kimchi how are you feeling um i'm feeling fine now i woke up this morning and um found out that my dog um, had a little diarrhea last night so nothing like waking up in the morning and cleaning dog's diarrhea all over the house oh my god was it on like the rug or something or just on the floor it's on the rug it was like there's so many like hearts that's why today's one of the like softest, fluffiest. I knew it. They always do that. <laughs> they didn't do it on the couch, but yeah, so that was my morning. What well, so what kind of dog do you have? I have a French bulldog, two years mm-hmm. old, and his name is Butter. Cute. I love Ooh. French bulldogs. Has your life changed dramatically since becoming a new dog owner? Um, not dramatically, but it's nice to have a companion. I'm definitely less lonely. Yeah. And um, I have actually reason to, like, walk around the neighborhood now. <laughs> yeah. I bet your dog is so cute. Does it get annoying when people stop you on the street to pet your dog? Uh, not really, because um, everybody that lives in the street all own a dog. Oh. Okay. So, yeah. Whenever, like, they see, like, other dog, they usually cross the street for some reason. 
like they don't want to talk to anyone. <laughs> they don't want to show their dog off to anyone. So yeah, he doesn't really get stopped in the streets a lot. I I feel that vibe in New York. I feel like dog owners are just like, no, I don't want to talk. Like I don't want my dog to smell you or something. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I. I've like, where are you going? Like you're in such a rush, and like in the evening, you know. Um, but kimchi, you are, uh, you know, obviously popularly known from your appearance on RuPaul's Drag Race. However, at the time, you kept your drag queen identity hidden from your family, mm-hmm. and. I guess what we want to know is since then, how has your family taken to your work? Oh, so, um, after like the show aired, um, I know my mom was like struggling financially. So I sent her some money. Mm-hmm. You look up the email where like the money was from and then like find out like, you know, everything. And then she calls me and the first thing she asked me is how much money do you make doing this? <laughs> and then I told her and she was like, keep living your dream. I fully support you. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, financial success equates to, you know, success, you know? (laughs) That is the most Korean story I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. I love how she, first she was like, wait, how much money are we talking? Live your truth. (laughs) (laughs) You too, girl. Yes. She was like, yes. Like, I've always known Special and like, all right, mom. Um, that's not what you said. We're not going to fire college, but all right. <laughs> wow. Wait, I don't that's understand me. how she saw the email, like where the money was from. Like when you sent it to her. Oh, because it was like a kimchi email. Like oh, your email. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. I see. I see. Interesting. Ah. Uh, Regular okay. gumshoe Korean moms. They really get to the bottom mm. of things. Uh-huh. <laughs> and would you say the rest of your family has uh, reacted similarly? First, they'll be like, oh, wow, how much money do you make? Okay, live your truth. <laughs> um, so I don't really talk to the rest of my family. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, honestly, I don't even know if they know or if they do. Like, who cares? <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, I'm sure they know. You're like such a, you know... I just feel like TV in America has such a broad reach around the world and stuff. But yeah, I know all about keeping your toxic family at bay. Let me tell you. (laughs) Oh, I was going to say, I remember it was like a kind of like a big story arc during your season that, you know, you hadn't told your family. And I, I remember some of the other contestants were kind of like taken aback by that. Like, they're like, what? Like, they don't, like, your family doesn't know? And I was like, yeah, it's called being Korean, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, like, I probably could have told my mom, but, I mean, because, you know, like, when you're, like, financially independent, like, you know, like, your parents don't hold anything over you. So even if they didn't accept it, like, what are they going to do, you know? Exactly. just personally for me, I didn't really want to come out, like, for the show's sake, if that makes sense. Yes. Like, that was, like, being, mm. like, or whatever. But I didn't want to come out just to give, like, people a storyline. I want to do it in my own time whenever I felt it was ready. I really respect that. Because I feel like, you know, I, I'm sure that there was a lot of pressure. And, you know, that was probably, 
you know, something that they were looking really into. And I'm sure the producers were excited about that. And, you know, for sure. Um, the producer, like, we'd love to um, invite your like mom to the finale. And I'm like, you know, she goes to bed at 8 p.m. Like she like she's not coming to this finale. <laughs> I really respect that because I remember I remember that now too, like watching that. And I remember just being like, oh, I bet they're going to like make kimchi do that and then you really stuck your ground and i like really respect that because i feel like they don't understand you know like the people that produce oh, yeah, that yeah. show it's just they're from like a like as like a cultural perspective like they don't understand totally. what that means and like just to try I, to consume it for like tv content i feel like it's just like right right yeah i was going to say that's a great point young me it's i i noticed similar parallels with the experience of seeing a non-Asian therapist. Like there's just cultural considerations that sometimes get glossed over yeah. because obviously on paper, and this again was like part of your story arc and the season of RuPaul's Drag Race of live your truth, kimchi, like come out to your family, like let them know who you are. And, mm -hmm. you know, with therapists, they're like, why don't you just tell them? Just tell them that you're this person. These are your desires. Just do the thing. And in my head, and this is all of our experience, it's like, it's not that simple. Like there's there's other like cultural factors that you yeah. probably don't have to experience as a non-Korean person or a non-Asian person that complicates this and makes this not so like not as easy as it seems. And also I like that, you know, I like your story of like the truth of what happened because you were like, yeah, my mom was just like excited because I got money from it, which is like, you know, we all know as like Korean people, that's like probably how most of our parents would react to something like that. And then, but if like a producer for like, I don't know, American shows, they, they're kind of consuming it through another lens. And so they're like, and then there was a beautiful moment of acceptance in these Asian people's <laughs> lives and the water lilies and the dragon mother and whatever the fuck, you know? And it's just like, no, it's like, we're just real people. Like, oh, completely. Yeah. They would have gone to, they would have gone to rice patty hat with it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but have, has your mom gone to your show since? Or just no. any like drag shows? Yeah, man, all the drag shows are so late. Oh. Yeah, so 8 p.m. bedtime. So she still supports from a distance. Yeah, also she lives in, like, the middle of, like, nowhere in Michigan, like, where, you know, there's not, like, gay clubs or bars, like. Yeah. I'm not going to anywhere near her anytime soon. <laughs> Wait, is that where you grew up? Yeah, I'm pure Michigan. Oh, <gasps> 100% pure Michigan. Wait, Farm what part to of table, Michigan, Michigan did you grow up in? Okimus, which is right in the center. Oh, wow. You are pure Michigan. You did the hand palm thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from right here. Yeah. Was that like really, I'm I'm guessing that was like super intense for you. Um. So, I, I mean, it's, it's like the typical story of like, you know, oh, I brought like Korean food for lunch and they made fun of me and I was like traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> And my town was like majority white. There yeah. were barely any um, Asian kids except what little Korean kids like there were. Yeah. Like they formed a mm -hmm. gang somehow. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Get more than two Koreans together and they're just. Mm. Yeah, it's technically a gang as long as you have at least two. You know, like they're trying to be like badasses for no reason and just like, you know, like academic school, like smoking yeah. like. Ground or like getting in fights with like other white kids. I'm just like, why? Like, are y'all 
acting like this for no reason. Bad, right. <laughs> trying to be badasses for no reason. That's the official motto of Korea, I feel like. <laughs> for no reason. Well, then, yeah, I like, distance myself from them just because, like, you know, like, I'm not about this, like, toxic masculinity. <laughs> right, right. Um, so then I didn't actually have any contact with, like, that many Asian people until I moved to L.A. And now, like, all my friends here are all Asian and, like, I love it. Let's go. Mm, let's That's fucking amazing. go. And now you have friends to go eat with you at all the cool yeah. restaurants. And also, it's nice having a Asian personal trainer. <gasps> um, Whoa. Because, mm. like, personal trainer, like, I had was white. And, you know, like, we discussed, like, diet. And he just, like, wouldn't understand, like, some of the <laughs> things like, are just as healthy as, like, broccoli, rice, and chicken. Yeah. Right. You know? They have no idea, like, what the food I'll be telling him is, you know? <laughs> mm. oh, that's such a good point. Like, can't you just eat, like, broccoli, rice, and chicken? And I'm like, I mean, but, like, this is just as healthy. Like, it's, like, low in fat. <laughs> He's like, what, is, what exactly is kennib uh, muchim? Yeah, literally. What exactly like, what? is I'm, that? <laughs> yeah. I want a, I want an Asian personal trainer. Maybe that's why I've never stuck to my personal trainers. Not... <laughs> I mean, if you're having a discussion with them, you know, I feel like get someone from your culture who understands your food. Yeah. So wait, now does your trainer now mm. like have this diet plan, like this nutrition plan that's like fits your palate? Yeah. What a fucking what a Yo, how amazing go. is that? Can you imagine? <laughs> Just like for, for breakfast, I need you to eat two cans of spam. And <laughs> <laughs> You know, are there a lot of, I guess, compared to the time you from when you started doing drag and to now, would you say like there's been an uptick in the number of Asian American drag queens? Um, Asian American, I feel like every town has like one Asian queen in the show. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't necessarily say like here in America, but in Korea, definitely. So, mm. prior to, um, me going on RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, Korea didn't have any drag shows, mm -hmm. and after like the episode aired, um, this one um, company that brings out like indie musicians, they reached out to me and they're like, "Hey, we want to do a drag show. We want to bring you since you mentioned on the show how you want to do a show in Korea." Yeah, mm. and then it was such like a roaring success, like the tickets sold out, and people like lined up like down the block in Taiwan. Oh wow! Um. And then since then, um, I went back like three or four times more and it was sold out every time. So then people realized like there's actually like an audience for drag there. So mm -hmm. then like the other like gay bars like around Itaewon like started doing drag shows and there's more drag queens now. And every time I go to Korea, a lot of them like thank me and say like, oh, you're the reason like why like drag culture started in Korea now. <gasps> wow i did not realize that that like i mean that makes so much sense to me but like i didn't realize like how big of an impact you had on the drag culture there yeah i didn't either and it's awesome so every time i go back there i always tell the audience like please support your local drag because supporting your local drag you're supporting your local lgbtqia community yeah. you're supporting your artists um the more you support like local queens you know like the more stronger you're 
Jason is gonna be because drag queens are like the cheerleaders of the nightlife, you know? Yeah. Mm. Oh my gosh, that's like really that's like very touching. It must be very moving for you to like see that. Do you do you think that that like? I mean, I'm just assuming like if it, if I were in your shoes, like do you think that that like sort of helps the feeling of maybe not not receiving that full support from your Korean family to see that there is like this like found family in actual Korea who live there that have been so um, inspired by you? Yeah, like for real, um, making up for the lost time. Yeah, and now I have like so many like friends there that every time I go back to Korea, like you know, like I could just like stay with them and like they show me around. Um, yeah, yeah, and then when I just walk around the town, like I actually get recognized, which is really cool. That is I so never, touching. Like, like that would happen <laughs> oh, that's like so moving oh. i'm sorry i don't know why that's like really moving to hear um oh. i'm so proud of you because i I've, i remember seeing a lot of the drag clubs that you shared um you oh. know on your instagram in seoul and i didn't know that that existed there and now i'm realizing it's because basically it was partially you know a lot because of your um success that's like so touching and they looked amazing we were talking about the club trunk which recently closed but but i, I guess they're <laughs> going to reopen if anyone hasn't seen their instagram account it's spectacular the shows look amazing and all the queens are like so skinny like so t like such great performers um yeah so skinny <laughs> they're so skinny i was i wasn't gonna say anything I was like, yeah, they they look really beautiful and they're so skinny. <laughs> Koreans are so next level skinny. I'm just like, I like always starve myself before I go there because I'm scared of my family. And I get there and I'm like, I'm the skinniest I've ever been in my life. And I'm still like, can't fit any of the clothes. I'm like, how are, how are you people doing this? This is too much. Like, I feel like a job out of the hunt, like squeezing through a keyhole when I'm in Korea. Oh but, my god! How are they so skinny? And then you'll see, you'll like watch they them eat. eat. So much, they drink so much. Exactly. And they're tiny. Like I, once I went to like a spaghetti restaurant and I saw this like the skinniest person I've ever seen in my life just eating two baked carbonaras, like those like baked ones. I don't even know what they ca they're called. And they like melt cheese over everything. Like yeah, yeah, hundred percent. <sighs> <laughs> What's going on? Maybe it's just something in the air. It's and an attitude. <laughs> and they're always eating like rich pastry at cafes, and then I, you know. I know they'll they'll eat like a like a bibimbap, and then they'll go to a cafe and get like three croissants. And I'm like, what? What's yeah. going on here? Yo, while drinking <laughs> like a sweet like vanilla latte, or, you know? <laughs> yeah, and they'll drink a fully loaded like drink with like crushed cereal on top of it meanwhile like i smell ramen i get bloated you know <laughs> seriously oh god <laughs> the koreans need to reveal their secrets to us <laughs> so we don't have to suffer with our white gym trainers who are giving us bad diet advice here in america <laughs> oh that's what it is exactly um but kimchi you know we want to uh also talk about your status as a now makeup mogul and yeah you know you have your own beauty line 
Uh, just for starters, can you tell us about, you know, the impact that makeup has had for you in developing your drag queen performances and your identity at large? So I've always been an artist my entire life. Um, I was doing fine arts, then I got into a graphic design because it's like an art form that you can make money. <laughs> and I was doing a lot of corporate work, but then I just got so burnt out on it because um, every time you create something, it goes through million revisions by like 20 other people who aren't artists. Mm. And then for the product that says nothing about you as an artist, mm. basically you're just, you know, making something really bland for this corporate. Um, yeah. But then over at the art of drag, <laughs> where basically I get to paint on like a different face each night, wash it away. Um, I get to have full control where like how I look, what kind of performance I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so they fall in love. But when I first started doing drag, um, the makeup industry is not what it is now, where there's so many different products that are pigmented and shape available everywhere. You'd have to pay like 20 bucks for like a one pan of eyeshadow and it wouldn't even be that good. Mm. Mm. I was like, if I ever make a makeup company, I want to be like affordable and I want to like provide as many colors as possible. And that's exactly what I did. <laughs> that's amazing. And is your makeup, wait, what's the name of your makeup line? Kimchi Shake Beauty. And is it just like for listeners in case they're like looking to purchase it? Is mm-hmm. it like specifically like very highly pigmented makeup that you would like wear you know, if you were doing something like a performance or drag, or is it like, does it range like everyday wear? I range for everyday. Um, awesome. And we have like a wide variety of products from like um, liquid foundation to setting powder to liquid eyeshadow, lipstick. We've got it all. So come check out our range. All the products are <laughs> on kimchishakebeauty.com. Um, we're also in 137 CVS stores nationwide in USA. Wow. We're also in, um, if you're in Canada, we're at Shoppers Mart and London Drug. Um, we're also in Douglas in France <laughs> and um, other European countries that I can't remember at the moment. <laughs> That's a true mo- true mogul vibes. Can't even remember where you're being stalked. <laughs> the empire is too large. But I do, I, I love that origin for you though, because it, it does make a lot of sense. I sort of see it being organic because as an artist, like if you do corporate stuff, inevitably so many of your ideas end up dying at the hands of these like non artists with shit taste because yeah. clients always end up picking the, the thing you like the least for some reason. The universe wills it that way. And I, I love the narrative of how like this, like, being a like being a queen has like allowed you to reclaim your art your love for art and be unapologetically yourself and you are your own canvas and this is who you are um you know young me and i we both came up as stand-up comedians and allegedly allegedly. (laughs) but we have talked about before like because with the audience there is this like you're building a show with an audience and there is this relationship you have to them where at least in the stand-up circles, like because I am the way I look, I am expected to talk about certain things that come with the Asian experience. And I'm wondering like if some, if you experienced something similarly yourself or was it more just like, are you, you feel very in touch with your Korean identity and you, 
you knew right away that you wanted your uh the kimchi persona to just be a reflection of that yeah um i have no problem talking about my um, identity and heritage I'll, I'll talk about it anytime because growing up there wasn't enough people talking about it for me um like the only, um figures in media that i could look up to were lucy lu margaret cho and sandra o oh. mm-hmm. and there are people like they're all amazing and great but they're not people that i relate to personally mm-hmm. um so then when i pick my drag name i purposely pick kimchi because um i'm kind of forcing my identity and everybody mm-hmm. and back then like the first few years of my drag every time i pick a song to perform i'd only do k-pop songs so then mm-hmm. kind of forcing this korean music into the gay nightlife mm-hmm. so when they come to a drag show, whether you like it or not, you're going to hear a Korean song. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are like, oh, this is really catchy. This is really good. Um, I really like this. And then um, also I get a lot of people telling me like, oh, I tried kimchi because I saw it in the menu um, and I thought of you. I really, so just like small things like that, you know, I feel like I'm doing my part to like spread my culture. <laughs> mm. Oh my God, I love that. I yeah I think it's like you know there are we like we talk to a lot of people on this podcast and they have like a, a very large range of how they want to display their Asianness, but mm-hmm. I love um, you know your approach where I I, th- I just think it's really really interesting that you are in this like field where like you said it's like the first time somebody will hear like a K-pop song in in like a gay bar or a drag bar, and mm-hmm. um and then on the opposite end there you have this huge you have this huge influence on like the korean population where they're like oh we didn't even like know we could do that do you know what i mean so it's like these two like you have these like huge influences on these two very different types of people and i i think that's like so amazing and i think it's because you chose this purposefully where you're like no i'm gonna be kimchi and i'm gonna play k-pop so all of you that don't know or gonna know and then all the people who have never seen this you know somebody that looks like them do this are gonna Mm -hmm. know they can do this you know like what a like how like that's like so profound you know like just that your choice to do that had that big of an effect on these two groups of people and there was a um, main reason why i also wore um humble on the show as well when i went on drag race um because I feel like people, Westerners are always used to kimono and tongsam, where it's like fitted, yeah. but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so beautiful. But it's like, it's never shown enough, you know? Yeah. Mm. That's like so. I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm getting so emotional. <laughs> 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 That's so nice. And I, I'm so proud of you. I'm like so proud when I see stuff like that. And you know, I think what I what's making me a little emotional is like I'm so proud of that and like I'm proud of you because like we share a uh-huh. culture, but I think what's making me emotional is that I also know that it's not easy cuz like so many people in our culture are not supportive of that. You know what I mean? And they are they will have the opposite reaction and I know it's not been easy for you to like do that. It's like I think what's heartbreaking for me and I think a lot of maybe like Korean Americans or like Americans who have like immigrant parents will understand this feeling. It's like 
as people that are kind of like from the diaspora, we are so like proud to represent it. And sometimes they, they're like not proud of us back or something. Do you know what I mean? And I, I think that's mm. like, what's like really heartbreaking, but I'm very proud of you. And I'm like so excited that you, um, for your career and for you to exist. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Bringing the vibes down once again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're like, sweeter, softer. <laughs> um, well, Kimchi, we want to, uh, you know, learn a little bit more about you. So let's just dive into your feelings here. Uh, Kimchi, what is something you're loving right now? Um, loving right now. What am I loving right now? Um. I learned how to drive last year, so I've been loving driving. <laughs> yes! Wait, how long have you been in LA? Wait, you're from Michigan. I, I was like, I you don't even have the excuse of being from New York. My mom wouldn't my mom wouldn't let me learn how to drive because um she couldn't afford to buy me a car, oh. nor she could afford the um price of insurance going up. Um, I never learned how to drive, then I moved to Chicago when I turned eighteen. And okay. Lived there for 12 years, but in Chicago, you don't need a car because public right. transportation is great. Right, right. So then I moved to LA and the pandemic happened. And then it was like impossible to get Ubers. Like I call an Uber every 30 minutes. I was like, maybe it's time I learn how to drive. Oh my God. So you learned how to drive. Do you have a car? You're, obviously, you have your own car. Yeah. What kind of car is it? It's a Mazda CX-5. <laughs> nice. Wow. Let's go. Let's go. This is a, a time. Of, this is a renaissance for you, Kimchi. You have a new French Bulldog. You have a new new mm-hmm. car. I know. Like, I fully became an adult in LA. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I didn't even know, like, electric cars were a thing. Um, at the time when I was car shopping, it was, like, pandemic. So there weren't, like, any cars available anywhere. So they're right. like, we got... I'm like, all right, I guess I'll take that. <laughs> nice. I just wow. drove for the first time really in like 20 years because um, mm-hmm. I went on vacation with my mom and I was like at the rental car place and they're like, do you want the convertible? I was like, fuck yeah. And I, because I haven't driven in 20 years, I didn't realize mm-hmm. that cars like all have like a push button to start them now <laughs> oh, instead yeah. of the turnkey. And like, there's all these things like, you know, like with the, like, there's like this iPad thing. And I was like, oh my God, what is this? I don't know how to do any of this. I know. And it's only going to get progressively worse from here on out. Like, <laughs> it, it, it's like technology is crazy. Even when I go in my friend's new cars, like you said, young me, like the whole iPad situation. Apparently now cars, like they can just drive to you, like no. in the parking lot, like you click a button and it automatically like pulls out of the car, like pulls out of the parking lot and then drives to you. Oh my god, I have a friend who um drives drunk, like with his Tesla. Like he like go to a party and get wasted in Orange County and then like put it on like self driving mode and then like get home. Put the car I like driving back and I'm like, You're like playing that's with so, That's so what? dangerous. Yeah. Wait, is that... I'm feeling Asian. We don't sponsor that behavior. (laughs) Listeners, do not do it. Kimchi, conversely, what's something you're hating right now? Oh, um... I kind of hate the fact that, um... Okay, you know what? I hate my TikTok um, 
for you page right now. <laughs> for some reason, every other TikTok is like a TikTok about um, white men cheating on their wife. Like celebrities. Wow. Oh, like how it got to that point. But like every other TikTok is like, oh, the Try Guy cheated on his wife. Oh, Adam Levine cheated on his wife. And I'm like, why? Like, I, I don't care. <laughs> Good for them. Who cares what the heterosexuals are up to? Yeah. <laughs> what was your For You page like when you didn't hate it? Um, it was a lot of single woman cooking for some reason. <laughs> like a lot of single girls were like after work like this is what i cook for myself <laughs> i love that and then um i have an obsession with monkeys um so a lot of monkey videos oh wait wait like monkeys doing silly things or just monkeys out in the wild like both like baby monkeys um like monkeys in like human clothing monkeys eating strawberries just a lot of <laughs> What kind of monkeys are we talking about? Because I feel like there's a all monkeys or like all monkeys, like macaque, um, capuchin, (laughs) oh, like uh, chimpanzee, like yeah, all of it. Wow, wow. I feel like usually people have like a thing for a specific kind of monkey. I I love all monkeys. I don't know why. I would never want to like have one as a pet or anything. Right, but I just (laughs) the monkeys. I see it in your future, you know? You got your French bulldog, new car, two years from now, new monkey. No, no, no. no. I do love monkeys. Also, Kimchi, you are a media-trained professional here. We asked you what you're hating, and I like how we ended at your undying love for monkeys. (laughs) (laughs) My, you know, I hate that stuff on, you know what I don't like about my TikTok for you page? Sometimes it's like, you think it's something, but it's like, slightly not what you thought it was and then it changes your for you page in a weird mm. way which i think you're, is like what you're talking about like sometimes i'll see a video and some woman will be like don't text him back and i'm like yes bitch yes and then and then it's just like amber heard is a bitch and i'm like how did this happen do you know <laughs> what i mean like, <laughs> like it's so yeah it's so interesting how that works but no, anything, Adam, like, you know, and this happens on Twitter, too. Like, when Adam Levine, when that news was popping off, I was like, I do not care. Can you stop tweeting about this? Yeah. <laughs> and then I feel like I have to throw in a tweet or two because I'm like, I'm a like I, I'm on Twitter, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this tri- I don't know what the try guys are. What are the try? Is it like a big thing? Oh, so there were um, there was on BuzzFeed. From- there are um, these four guys that would try things like try guys wearing like a bra for 24 hours or like try guys try like the spiciest potato chips, you know, like. Mm. Uh, yeah, I've definitely wait, seen them I've before. Se- I remember seeing something like this. My son was watching it. Oh, I just saw this tweet that was so funny, though. They said that the guy, the try guy that cheated, that's like all over Twitter right now. He cheated with a half Korean, half white woman. And I was like. <laughs> That's not what I meant by representation. <laughs> Good for you, I guess. Yeah, I honestly didn't know the Try Guys were still so relevant because I do remember them back from BuzzFeed, and mm. I find that I feel that's rare to like have the longevity that they've had. Because my entire Twitter was just this. I'm like, whoa! So they've been like popular for the last 15 years, 10 yeah. years. That's crazy. Funny. <laughs> 
I wanted to try guys Eugene. Um, sometimes like you know, like we meet up here in like in LA and we go out together, and uh-huh. um, he gets recognized more than I do. Like they're definitely like like super famous. Uh, a thing, yeah. <laughs> Wait, they're on YouTube too, right? Yeah, yeah. YouTube people like separately, and then like now they're doing their own thing. Mm. Right, I think YouTube famous is like just colossal. Like it's like, like a whole other thing. It's so much bigger than any other famous. Sure. Oh, yeah. Um. Oh my god! But you know, I'm just. I I was like when I found out that girl was half Korean, I was like, that guy. I saw a picture of him, and he does look like the random white guy your Asian girlfriend will bring to brunch <laughs> unannounced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Listeners, as you know, we're about to hit ask kimchi what they're ashamed of, but we're putting this behind the Patreon. So if you want to hear kimchi's deepest, darkest shame, you're going to have to head over there and subscribe. But kimchi, what's something that you're ashamed of? Well, kimchi, uh, thank you so much for being yourself, being so vulnerable and teaching us all to feel a lot less shame Before we let you go, we like to ask all of our guests this one last question, and that is, what is something that you're proud of? Um, wow. I am proud of the person that I am today. Wow. The confidence. Zero (laughs) hesitation. Yay. I'm also so proud. Like I said earlier, I'm so proud of your work. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm like, why am I judging my emotions? (laughs) I'm so proud of your work. I was so excited when I first saw you on television. I think that was a very pivotal moment. You know, obviously in this day and age, there is there is like way more Asian representation. But I think in these like communities where, you know, there's still a, like a significant amount of stigma, I would say it's mm-hmm, very mm-hmm. rare to find somebody with the kind of courage that you have. Um, and I know, you know, just I feel like just being from the same culture i understand that in a way that i feel very uh it really endears me to you and i'm so thank you so much for being on the podcast oh thank you for having me it's been a pleasure yeah and for our listeners where what can they look forward to you have any projects cooking up where can they find you and your work online where can they find your your beauty Um, line i have some cool projects coming up that i can't talk about yet but you can follow Media, kimchi underscore chic or kimchi eats on tiktok and keep up with my adventures <laughs> love it and what about you young me you can find me at ym mayor and young me mayor on tiktok uh how about you brian you guys can find me on socials at it's brian park and follow our podcast on socials at feeling asian podcast and yeah if you made it this far thanks for listening thanks for supporting as always and we'll see you all here next week bye everyone bye hey everyone if you made it this far you know what time it is it's time for some patreon shout outs just a quick reminder the best way to support this podcast is through patreon go visit our patreon at patreon.com feeling asian and yeah if you're feeling generous send a few bucks our way it helps us keep the lights on for this pod but in any case, it's time to do some shout-outs. This week's shout-outs go out to Sherry Legend. Sherry Legend. Great last name. 
goes without saying, you are an absolute legend. But you're also a leather handbag tannery person. Yeah. Oh, you're a tanner. Yeah, that's a legendary profession. That's a legendary job. You make the most... You're based in Buenos Aires, and you're a leather worker, and you hand make beautiful handbags and other associated leather goods. Let me know if I'm anywhere near the ballpark in terms of what you do and who you are as a person. But thank you for donating to the podcast. Next shout out goes out to Priska Kim. Priska added a little bit of spiciness there. Priska, Priska Kim, Priska Kim. Priska Kim, I am going to guess that you are an architect and you specialize in sustainable uh, housing. You are on the forefront of designing homes that lower our carbon footprint. Therefore, you are the future and you are on doing the work at the ground level and ensuring that our grandchildren will not be submerged underwater. Let's fucking go. And also, you're a subscriber to the Patreon. So, uh, you're an extra extra special and great person. So, thank you, Priska Kim. Uh, next shout-out goes out to Amber Salcal. Amber, I think you are a... Hmm, you're a big sneakerhead. You're very into collecting Nikes and Jordans and all of the coolest sneakers. And... Uh, in addition to that, you are also a... Ooh, you specialize in set design. Yeah. So any television, film, experiences, you ensure that that shit be looking banging in a photo. And that's, uh, that's overlooked. Set design, it's critical, crucial. Crucial actors, talent, they're disposable, but set design. You are actually, you're very valuable. I'll say that much. I haven't had my coffee yet. So thank you, Amber, for supporting the pod. Next shout out goes out to Stephanie Shapowal. You're a tennis instructor. And you are, you may not know it yet, but I predict in the next two months, you are going to cross paths with a young up-and-coming junior prospect that will become the world number one someday. I, I'm i pulling this out of my ass, ass so deep, so deep. This is, wow. You're either that or you're a product manager at Uber. There's simply no in-between. But thank you for supporting the pod, Stephanie. And our last shout-out this week goes out to Naomi Cow. Naomi, you work at Tesla, and you have a private Slack channel at Tesla where you're leading the charge, where you secretly share memes and talk shit about Lord Elon Musk, but you're still getting that bag and making out like a bandit. 
and we support that at feeling asian podcast so thank you so thank you naomi and once again thank you all for supporting the podcast and yeah